Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. These men was standing in the way of progress. I merely acted to remove the corruption. This is not the way succession is determined! Until my sister's rule, succession was always determined by bloodshed. I did not want it to be so again. Better the blood of the few than the blood of the many. You have murdered Mercia's elderman. And in doing so, I have ensured Mercia's protection. I will do as God wills. I will be king of the Angles and of the Saxons. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So grab a nail, sit back and relax. And let's see how England was born. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and ladies and gents... If you couldn't hear it in the intro, well, you will be able to hear it in a minute. But Mary, I, I want to give Mary a lot of credit, uh, as I did on the Bridgerton podcast, by the way. Go listen to that if you haven't if you listened to it already. But Mary's very, very, very sick, and she is muscling through. This is ab- above and beyond the COVID experience, ladies and gents. This is like something weird, uh, weird stuff. It's not above and beyond. No, it is above and beyond. It is. This isn't worse than COVID. No, no. I mean, like it's it's on top of okay. Uh, the, the, the COVID, long COVID, the, the, the COVID experience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she's very sick, and so please give her some grace. And you will most likely be stuck with me talking a lot this episode. So I apologize in advance because I know nobody really wants to hear me. They only want to hear Mary because no. she's the talent. No. She's the important one. No. She's the reason why all these shows are likable. No. <laughs> no. You educate them on so many things that I don't pay attention to or I don't care about. That, that, I mean, that is fair. That is that is. Very so then fair. I don't pay attention to them. Just like in my history class. I don't care about these people. They're names. all Bob. They're all Bob. <laughs> or George. They all keep fighting. None of them do a good job. One day, women will inherit the earth. Oh, yes. Thank you to Jurassic Park for for that uh, information, by the way. I mean, you know, God kills people and all that stuff, and women inherit the earth. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's how it works. Oh man, Mary, that's it. This is episode five hundred four. We have an emer- we have an emotional turning point here and a closure of 
um, I think some of the older plot lines of this story. Yeah, rivals secretly advance, competing successors upon <coughs> the death of Mercian ruler, aka Queen Ethelfled, and then Brita finds Solstice in the faith of her prisoner, Father Purelight. Not Solstice. Solace. Sol- whatever, man. Solace. <laughs> Stats of the nerds. <laughs> Maybe she was also celebrating a solstice at that point. She you, is pagan. You know, she is pagan. You never know. I'm sure it's the 21st somewhere. Might as well be, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear it, ladies and gents. Mary is coughing. She's got literally, she's got, she has a, a tank of water. Two gallons worth, Blake. Two gallons. Uh, so uh, imagine like an old Nalgene bottle that is two gallons worth of water. That's what Mary has in front of her. 128 ounces. The thing, it looks like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of one of those, uh, one of those shells that you would put in like a, like a, like a big cannon, you know, like a modern day cannon. Like it's a, it's a massive looking blue Nalgene bottle that looks like a, a cannon shell. (laughs) It's as big as a, a baby. A, like, two-month-old baby. Oh, absolutely. More than. I mean, our two-month-old baby was this big because he was a honka. Yeah, a but, wicked honka. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, that's <clears throat> that. So, of course, ladies and gents, like I said, you'll probably be stuck with me for most of this episode. As such, I wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast if you are not already. Why not? I don't get it. You listen to, to us. You, you enjoy the show. I know that you do. You're, you're already five minutes into this into this program as it is. Subscribe to the podcast, will you? Of course, if you want to chat with Mary and I on a more personal level, you can. Find us on all the social media platforms, whether those are YouTube or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're, we're there. We're there, we're there we're on all of them. The place. At Mary and Blake, we're there, ready to talk. And we're also ready to talk at the Mary and Blake Facebook group where you can talk about things like The Last Kingdom and how much you love it and your experience with the podcast and the community, but also a whole bunch of other different things that we cover like Bridgerton or This Is Us or Outlander or the upcoming Game of Thrones show or the old Game of Thrones show. Whatever if, whatever you love, it doesn't matter what it is. You bring it up and I'm, I am certain – there's a couple of nerds, at least a bevy of nerds in that group that love the same thing that you do. Uh, one of the complaints, well, not complaints, but one of the things that we hear all the time and why people love our communities is because they don't have any, like some, a listener doesn't have a specific community with whom to share their love of the thing. In this community, in the Facebook one that we've created, you will find somebody that loves the thing just as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Try it. Check it out. It's free. It's fun. Go get it done. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. And of course, join the nerdclan.com. That's what makes all of this work. So if you're a NerdClan member, thank you so much for being a NerdClan member. You make all this podcast. In fact, you literally made this podcast possible because you voted for it at jointhenerdclan.com. And we have some other things coming up there as well and a bunch of great bonus material that is not available to the to the general public like our <laughs> review of Stranger Things and other films and shows that we're doing there as well. So join the nerdclan.com. Check that out. Marvin, are you ready for this episode? Was you ready to get into this ep- the, was, to the details? Me and my 120 ounces of water. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> a, a literal baby-sized canister of water. Bring it. <laughs> Let's do it. All 
right, Mom, and as we said, this is episode 504. Of course, no title. That's just the, the prerogative of The Last Kingdom. It was directed by Paul Wilmhurst. Now, Paul Wilmhurst is, uh, uh, you know, an interesting director. He's, he's got a whole bunch of different stuff. So he's, he's won some Emmys, and he has directed a bunch of different um, – uh, what's it called? Documentaries. One in particular about Hiroshima, which was spectacular. You love I've seen that one in particular. Mm. It is great. He's also done a bunch of different shows for Law and Order UK, uh, Doctor Who, uh, Indian Summers, the show Jamestown, and also the show Strike Back, which is a big deal. Also, in in, in addition to The Last Kingdom, so ben good busy. director. Good stuff going on here, and you can tell that we got some talent behind the camera because of this episode. Mm-hmm. The writer was James Smythe. Now, I know you don't know that name. No one really knows that name because, really, he only has The Last Kingdom to his writing credits. He's only gotten – he only has two. The only other thing that he has done in terms of writing credit, he actually wrote a video game called Bloodforge, oh, which sounds, sounds very Last Kingdom-y, great. if you will. <laughs> so that is that. Your shield's rating – how many shields are you giving episode 504? I'm giving this episode, <clears throat> excuse me, a 4.6. Okay. Anything in particular? Like you y- you said it with a with a Yeah, like I'm kind of bored. Really? Yeah, I know a lot of people died, but I didn't really know them. And then Ethel fled, saw that coming. Like we knew she was going <laughs> to die. So, uh... nothing really surprises me. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. This is a, a. I just don't like a lot of people right now. This is a rare instance in Mary and Blake media. Rare instance. I'm higher than you. In fact, I don't even know if this ever happened. In, in life. fact, I'm way higher than you. Okay, I'm giving this a four nine. I'm going four nine on this episode. That's bananas. I don't think it's bananas. I think it's well deserved. No, I'm saying it's bananas that you're so much higher than me. I would agree that doesn't happen. It 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 happens maybe one in every thirty or forty episodes that we do of I love television. That you're just pulling that stat out of nowhere, man. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm a dad. Dad's got to have answers. It doesn't matter if you make them up, if you pull them out of your, out of your butt. Okay. It, you you just got to have answers. That's okay. what dads do. Okay. So I got it. I got an answer. At least out of one out of every thirty or forty episodes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're 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 lower than me. I really liked this episode. It was slow, um, but it was uh, very theme heavy and it was very uh, hmm, intentional with its pace. And that's all I ask. I want intent. I want theme and I want um, uh, an emotionality. Okay. Out of the episode. So that is that. Your GBG, Mary, what are you giving uh, for your good, your bad? And you're great. All right. So my good for this episode, <clears throat> dying. All the people dying. All the death. I'm here for it. You want to know why? Why? Death brings change. Death spices things up. It does. I was a little bored, okay, during some of these deaths. Because I don't know you. I don't care about you. But guess what? It's going to bring about change. Do I agree with Edward's decision? Ooh. No. Not at all. And that's my bad. Well, we're going to, well, yeah, we're going to have a conversation okay? about this. I hate Edward. He sucks. <laughs> He's my bad. I just, why do you keep Uncle Phil around? Well, I, why he, you be killing put, peeps? He put Uncle Phil in his place. Today. I mean, but kind of, but like also killed all these like innocent people who have families. What the heck, man? Just put him in jail. Put him in timeout. 
You don't need to kill them. Mm. So my bad is Edward. I don't, I'm not team Edward. I don't think I'm ever going to be team Edward. Never. Goodbye. I hate you. In any team Edward circumstance? Even Cullen. <laughs> even, even Edward, even Edward Cullen. Cullen. Yeah. I No, I, I appreciate that. Say it. I know a lot of people Out love loud. him. Sorry. <laughs> I'm totally team Edward. I'm a Jacob kind of Out on team Jacob. That's fine. Team Jacob sucks. Seeing the behind the scenes CGI footage of Twilight, New Moon. It's amazing. <laughs> or it's terrible. Or New Moon when, <laughs> when Robert Pattinson had to have his abs painted on his stomach, literally. It's all good. Okay. So I'm glad people are dying because it brings about change. Yes. I'm mad at Edward because I just think that he sucks. He's no Alfred. He's no Alfred in my books. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, nope. I know. You're fine. You're fine. We're going to have that. this conversation. I mean, it's mostly going to be you because I'll be coughing, but sure. My great. Father, pure leg, is potentially giving my cockroach Heston a run for his money. Oh, though that's that is right? them's fighting words. Like who for is Heston. who is going to be the Twinkie after the apocalypse? <laughs> Heston or Father Pure Leg? I don't know. I before would have always said Heston. Father Pure Leg. You know what he's doing? Wow, sprinkling a little doubt. He's keeping his enemies close. It always Closer. goes back to the Godfather. It it's a Marion Blake. It's a pseudo Marion Blake media commandment. Always goes back to the Godfather, and Mary said it without even realizing it. It's great. It's fine. <laughs> I only now have ninety eight ounces to go. Um, yeah, Father Pureleg, <clears throat> tricky, sneaky, love it. I'm here for it. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. My, you know what he's like? He's like when those people call you those spam calls, and mm-hmm. suddenly, and you've been like ditching them, ditching them, ditching them. And then one of them sneaks by you, and you're like, this isn't a real call. This is a spam call. How'd this happen? Oh, my God. He faked me out so well. <laughs> Father Pureleg is able to pray with Brita. What just happened? Yeah, how'd that? How'd Cockroach oh, how level. That they can both be cockroaches. Who, there you go. Brita? Heston and oh. Pureleg. Oh, I don't know. Heston. <clears throat> Heston's on another level. That guy. I'm surprised he hasn't shown up yet in this season. Well, it's Listen, I'm just, I'm proud of them both. I'm officially, that's my great. I'm officially giving him a cockroach crown. If he, <laughs> if Heston doesn't show up in this season. He has to. I'm going to be disappointed. Heston will show up. Mark my word. Mock me. Mock me. <laughs> okay, you're Blake. All right, my good. Uh, you know what, Mary, kind of following up on what you're saying here. Father Purelig, in addition to being a cockroach, mm. in a good way, mm-hmm. he's a goddamn badass. I mean, straight up badass he what's your language well well this this is a this is a different podcast i know this is a different podcast but i need to be careful of the language i'm associated with okay fair enough he takes i mean a beating from brita giving him a thousand cuts on his on his head and his neck and you th- you you have an idea that the guy's gonna croak, but he you think you think about how much it hurts you when you have a hair pulled, right? Imagine a hair be your head being cut. That's a cut. sensitive area, like straight up cut. Like imagine you know you know those like you know when you get a paper cut underneath your nail. Oh, I do. You know how miserable that is. I know because you complain all the time. Picture it oh, on finger. your whole freaking body. My finger hurts, man. My 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 finger has a heartbeat. Uh. But not only that, he takes the pound in, and then Brita has an existential crisis, and Father Pureleg is just 
yep, okay, this is my time. This is my opportunity. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it done. And we're going to start converting souls, baby. And he is in on it. When Brita, so proud. When it, I had a moment where I was watching this back and forth between the two. And I just had this like, disposition, like, or not disposition, but like a, a recognition of, wow, that is great stuff. Mm-hmm. When Brita is talking about how her daughter's dead and she is, the gods have forsaken her and She's I'm alone. alone and uh. he says to her, no, you are not. And it's just the way that it, the line is delivered mm-hmm. in the context, the timing. Cue the Michael Jackson. All of it. It is. <laughs> it is spectacular. Concur. Love that. To be honest, I'm having a hard time figuring out a bat. I don't think I had a bat. Good for you. I don't. I don't think that I had a bat. So is this a five? The only thing I'll say that I will say is bad. It's not necessarily in terms of writing or direction or any of those nerdy things, but it's mm, Sig Trigger. Dude, love his new haircut, by the way. Oh, I do not. I'm in on it. I'm in on the braid. But the mini braid? The mini braid. I mean, he's like not as hot this season. You don't think so? Not yet. But you know, he did just get a whooping. Yeah. So well, I he figure... cleaned himself. He gussied himself up a little bit. I know, but he's just kind of, he's not doing it for me. The long hair is what did it for you? I don't know. Because I also love Finnan. So... Oh, yeah, True. Trigger's not my style without his hair, though. I appreciate you. Uh, if I had to say something, it, that, and it would be character-based, and that is Sig Trigger just kind of going along with his brother and being like, okay, come on now. And he's not listening to Steora, which this is going to be bad news. I mean, this is marital issues right uh, no, here. I, I know, and, and, and I have to say, come on, man. You got to know better than that. You got to know better than that. You don't know better than that. Then what the hell are we all doing here? Well, I will tell you. When we got married, I said, I'm your family now. <laughs> Not that creepily. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just, it, it's an interesting thing. They're your extended family? I'm your immediate family. I And that's what Stuart should have pulled. I worry about Sig Trigger. I worry about his brother. I worry that, you know, okay. He, and here's another thing too. Like the whole nine steps thing. And the burn in his hands. I don't so care. So gross. I don't care. So I mean, gross. it was gross as hell. Great. The artistic uh, department, the art department on this and the makeup and the whole thing. Spectacular job. I mean, I was telling Blake, I'm like, first off, if I had to do this, I probably wouldn't. I would take a nice, swift Just, sword to the head. Yep. That's you know, Sid Trigger's going to be clean with his sword. Um, however, I wonder if women who have had uh, people who've had birth, if they, if they could handle that pain. Because mm-hmm. birth is wild, man. That's birth th- is wild. Yeah. So, who knows? All right. My great is that this show refuses to make someone wholly good or wholly bad. It deals in the gray. Um, and I love that. I love the yeah. fact that the show has an ability to take someone like Edward and pose a question and ask the viewer to answer the question for themselves. And that answer will then color your response to this episode and to what Edward is doing 
And whether or not you can view him as a hero or a villain or uh, someone who who acts in these ways. You know, um, it's Game of Thrones did a pretty good job of this. But I think that The Last Kingdom is much more effective. Somebody that actually walked in this space mm-hmm. is Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. Hashtag spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. I would also kind of argue Tyrion Lannister for the few, first few seasons. Or if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, Snape. Regulus Black. Uh, yes, that is... Uh, Peter Pettigrew. Uh, I would not say Peter Pettigrew. He always sucked. Yeah, he's, he was not great, Bob. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Snape, I would, I would absolutely say Regulus Black. Yeah. Like that's, that's a great comparison. And that, fun fact, if you're a Harry Potter fan. You're a wizard, Harry. I use Regulus Black as a, uh, learning tool for my kids all the time. You can make mistakes and, and make them better. And like, uh, you know, clean up for your mistakes. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that is my, Great. And so, Mary, having said that, mm-hmm. I, it's easy to kind of float towards the end of this episode, given what... I don't need to float. No, no. But I'm just saying, like, it's easy to go right to that point. I feel like, are we hanging out with the Saxons or are we hanging out with the Pagans, with the, with the Danes? Are we hanging out with Pureleg or are we hanging out with Ethelfled? Um, Where do you want to start? The quick, easy one, pure leg, pure leg breathing. Oh uh, yeah, let's get let's get it in and out. Let's 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 do it. Okay, let's let's do Father Pure Leg and, and Brita, and then we'll we'll go on from there. I, the, the 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 funny thing is where I want to start is kind of what blends the two storylines together, which is the contrasting and comparing the fates of Ethelfled and Vibica, and how. It was the editing in this episode was spectacular. Beautiful. Uh, and, and the pacing between the mm-hmm. two scenes and how they have been stitched together mm-hmm. is triumphant uh, in, in a way that, you know, it's kind of hard to have any feeling for Vipika at all. But when you compare and contrast that against the feeling that you know you already have for Ethelfled and they, and they, they seemingly attach the two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to not feel bad for Brita at this moment. And it's kind of, it's kind of hard to not see her anguish the way that we obviously see you know, the, the mercy and anguish, but in particular, Uhtred's anguish mm-hmm. over Ethelfled's death. Did the editing illuminate the relationship? I mean, shared between Vipika and Brita for you. Had we just met Brita in season five and had this like, tyrant of a woman come on in and her her baby girl dies i wouldn't feel this but this is brita this is season one episode one brita mm-hmm. who yes has lost her way but she is someone who we have grown to love mm-hmm. she's someone who utrid has grown to love and she is a mother and i think having to go through that pain um you know, she she even says, like, you know, in your religion, uh, what Vibica did means that she doesn't even get to go to heaven because she, in her mind, Vibica, you know, unalived herself. And, <clears throat> um, you know, she's referencing that, like, people who do that aren't allowed into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just 
obviously that's not what Vivica meant to do. Uh, she thought she was jumping <laughs> to her mom's arms and just didn't do well in the long jump. Um, and it's just, I think, I think we have the emotional investment already in Brita and then also having an innocent, granted Vivica was crazy and weird and made a lot of people die, but an innocent child's life lost in such a tragic way. I felt, I felt hard for Brita. And then she lost all of her friends too. Oh yeah. All the white, all the white paint face people. They, they checked out. They say, I don't want to jump in holes. (laughs) I'm out on the hole jumping experience. I don't. No, the feather girl's gone. I'm gone. Let's go find a new feather kid. Yeah, I yeah. Brita is in a really bad position right now, okay. and I would say that the emotional experience that she has, I think, is earned mm-hmm. because everything that she thought she had disappeared in pretty much a hot beat, like literally in a hot beat, gone. Mm-hmm. <sighs> As awful as Brita has been this season, I in th- as in like awful in terms of her actions, but also like in, just in terms of her characterization, where she went from, you know, I think a sympathetic character in many ways to a radicalized character, and I think whenever you get radicalized in that nature, in in whatever nature it is, once you become radicalized, the 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 feeling of connect connection is gone you know it's it's hard i think for the general public to empathize with radicalism in in any way mm-hmm. having said that when all of these things disappeared on her and when um all of you know when when her kid dies and her followers go and she's left with nothing I felt bad. I did. Yeah. I I don't like, I mean, I know why, but that you're right, Mary, because we had that connection <laughs> because we had that. Oh, investment in Brita as a character. It almost feels like what she was doing was, even though she was radicalized, it was the exception, not the rule. It was an act. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because you feel like it's somewhat of an act, mm-hmm. you kind of revert back to the, you know, I care about Brita aspect of it. Would you agree that yeah. it was like, it was, it was almost like she was just trying to, it, it, it's like when you're trying to be a cool kid and like you, you act up in front of your mom, like you're showing off. Like, I feel like, oh. I feel like she was showing off a little bit. Oh, I didn't, I didn't feel that. I just felt like. She's now reached her lowest low. I don't feel yes. like before was an act. I feel like this is just the humbling point. Sure. And I think there's another interesting aspect here, too. If you remember back in season one, we have a similar experience with Guthrum. Remember the guy that uh, took over Wessex for a little bit there? Oh, my God. What even happened to him? And he, and he went to go rule Everwitch or whatever. Um, Wait, Guthrum. Was he the was He's he the, the one king? who converted. At the end of the season. Oh, okay. He was the one that was bone in his Yeah, beard. the bone in his hair or okay. beard. Yeah, whatever Because I get was. him mixed up with the, the king who was like in a corral and yes. he sucked at being a king. Yes. Uh, that's right. Gisela's brother. Yes, Gisela's brother. Okay, so, so Guthrum, Guthrum bone, hair, bone hair guy. Pagan. Pagan turned yeah. into a Christian. Yes. Okay, great. I remember back in season one at the end of the episode when I was like, okay, and Guthrum's now a Christian. Yay, he's baptized. 
and it kind of came out of nowhere. Like there, there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, a foreshadowing of it uh, throughout the season, but from him to go from zero to a hundred and I, you know, in, in a matter of just a couple of lines of exposition, I had a hard time with that. I think this is the show kind of making up for that. Mm -hmm. And do you think that Brita is going down this road? Like, do you think pure leg is, is actually going to convert Brita? No. How come? I think Brita's lost. Really? I think she is lost. Lost in grief and sorrow. And I don't think that she's going to be converted anytime soon. I think an interesting counterpoint to that, Mary, is she asked her daughter to jump. And she did it with the thought that it, she was going to have protection from her gods. And she and her gods would keep her daughter safe. Yeah, I don't think she's I don't think she's going to be strong in her faith with her gods, but I don't think she's going to become Christian. Right. But there's also a key sequence here where Purelig says, your daughter is in heaven and you will be reunited with her. Mm -hmm. Will Brita convert to Christianity specifically because she just wants to be with her daughter when it's all said and done? She will definitely mull it over. And that's the that's the interesting thing. But will Brita get that magical hair wet? No. <laughs> and be baptized? No. Oh, good God, no. No. I think she was already baptized. Didn't he say that? That you were like, you know, you were born Christian. Yes. Um I don't know. She'll be on a journey. I don't think the I don't think the full complete I don't think Pure Lake's dream is gonna come true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if it will either, but I just think that there is a sort I think there's a guilt that's associated. Agreed. Uh, with Vipika's death because I think deep down she, uh, you know, Brita knows that she's the one who caused the the death. And I, and I guess this is why, you know, the show had to put, you know, poor little Vipika in that position where it's like, okay, I'm going to go on a roof mm -hmm. and, and figure that out. I still think that it, that was a poor choice. They still think there could have been a, a more creative choice made to, to make a point. Nevertheless, I do love the result of what's coming, which is Brita's questioning of her own of her own deal, right? A questioning of her own faith and questioning um the loss and her responsibility in it. Mm -hmm. And then comparing and contrast that contrasting that uh, against the loss that Aylesworth has when it comes to her daughter, yes. Ethelfled, or uh, against the loss that um, Elfwin has losing mm -hmm. her mother, or even really uh, the, the loss that Uhtred feels when it comes to losing Ethelfled. What did you think? If you, if you have nothing else to go on um, for Brita, then we can move on to Ethelfled and that whole side of the story. But do you have anything else for Brita? No, I'm just I it it pained me. I think it was a very moving portion of the episode and one of yeah. the deaths that even though I didn't care for Vibica per se, it pained me. And there was so much death, and the death was one of my it was my good. And this was one of them was seeing the mourning and seeing the conversations that were had and the ripple effects of Vibica. So mm -hmm. 
God bless Vivica. Let's move on. Yeah. No, and I think the, the major theme, and, and as we all know from Mary and Blake Media History, I think the theme of any show, it isn't just like love or death or brotherhood. Like it, it's not just a thing. It has to be, Mary, as you know, a question. Mm-hmm. What is the, what is being asked? What is being proven by um, the theme, like what is being proven by the show and what is the show saying? That is the theme. And m- my sense from the theme of what they're trying to achieve in this episode is what is faith in the face of death, right? And that is explored in many different ways. And I think a real, uh, uh, a really, really uh, uh, underappreciated scene for, and one of my favorite scenes I think I've I've seen of this show is the, the conversation between Aylesworth and Uhtred right before right after Ethelfled dies and what that means and how that again is compared and contrasted against what Brita is doing. Brita is uh, potentially finding faith in God as a result of her daughter's death. She's exploring. Death. And Aylesworth of all people of all people is losing faith in her God because she feels as though God has abandoned her as a result of Ethelflaed's death. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this scene, Mary? Loved it. Once again, death, my good. <laughs> because it's making these fixed in their way women question if their way has been right all along. You know, like we have Aleswith and Brita who have been very focused on on their faith priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just to see them question after all this time. We think about everything that Aleswith has gone through, Mm -hmm. everything that Brita has gone through, and yet steadfast in their faith. And for them both to now say, like, what in the world? Um, I mean, we are very fortunate that we haven't had to go through uh, a child here on Earth um, dying before us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've opened up, of course, we've had miscarriages. Um, but I can't even fathom how much that would shake us to have a child who we've gotten to know over the years and, you know, have had all these dreams for pass before us. That that grief is unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And so I loved that Aleswith not only goes through this journey, but that the person she shares it with is Uhtred, the person who she has ostracized solely because of his faith has, you know, all the time she would tell Alfred, no, you can't trust him because he's pagan. I know he saved us a million times, but you can't trust him because he's pagan. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to convert his kids because he's pagan, you know, when Uhtred has shown time and time again that he could be trusted, that he was doing many of the right things for her country. And now this is who she she decides to open up to. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. And accepting, like, again, we always talk about journeys, right? Where does Mm -hmm. one character begin and where do they end? And in the middle is the journey. In the middle is the meat of what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. The drama is the sense of change. That change is brought on by 
uh, death or happiness or love or friendship or comedy or, you know, what it could be brought on by anything. But that sense of change is what we're all doing here as a re- in, in watching whatever particular media that we're doing. I mean, for Aylesworth to reach out to Uhtred, the way that she like that, that subtle movement, it reminded me of a play. It reminded me of like, you know, uh, uh, it reminded me of like, a uh, something that you would see in Shakespeare, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just th- this movement of touching Uhtred that, that unsaid, uh, acknowledgement and the unsaid acceptance of Uhtred as an equal and as someone that she can place her, her worries and, um, her, her doubts and all of these things onto someone like Uhtred. Whereas before she wouldn't even look at the guy. And it's funny because he has been with her through all of this. Mm-hmm. And he's probably one of the only people still around that knew Alfred in a way that nobody else really did and has experienced all of the same things that, that Aylesworth has experienced mm-hmm. um, along with her and given her a different perspective. Again, showing and not telling, it just felt like that reaching out was obviously it was very intentional and it was, it was very purposeful, but man, what, what a great, what a great little beat for those two characters. I agree. I agree. So we brought up Alfred. I'm I guess I did. And Mary, I got to say Edward, very Alf, Alfred move, Alfredian move, if you will, by consolidating these kingdoms and, and we talk about change and we talk about bookends. You know, the episode begins with Elfwin looking at the throne, the empty throne mm-hmm. and the shadow, like the literal shadow that is filling yep. the dark shadow that is filling this throne. And the episode, you know, relatively speaking, ends with Edward acting in a way that I think Alfred would and actually using his physical form, his body to fill the seat to sit down and become the king of Mercia. Man, that was a, mm, 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 mm. that, that was chilling and not chilling, but it just, it sent me into like, Oh, that was good. That felt right. Uh, um, it did not feel right to me. No, but I mean the, the act of the change itself in okay. terms of what we're watching. But I will also say that I feel like that is an action that Alfred would have taken. I feel like Alfred, yes. Could he have taken it? Yes. But I feel like we as the viewers would have been more privy to his thought process. And maybe that's why it feels different. Alfred talked so frequently with Aleswith. And so we kind of got to be this little, you know, Jiminy Cricket on his shoulder. But is it more effective now because we don't have that perspective? Like, you know, we get some perspective from uh, from. Edward, I don't think too much. Alfred would have killed all those guys. How come? Because Alfred would have said they're Christians, and uh, there's no reason to kill them. Mm. And that's like a big bad sin. That's fair. That's fair. Do you Alf- know? You notice that Edward walks around with his hands together, yeah, just oh, yeah. like Alfred used to, yeah. like. Interesting little little character note. I just don't think it was right to kill all those guys. <laughs> yeah, but is Put them the, in timeout. Put them on a ship. Is is the notion correct? Like 
and and again, this is why I like when the show operates in these levels of gray, right? Why let Uncle Phil still live? If it was Uncle Phil's mess that did all this, mm, good point. If he was the one that was like bribing all these guys, making all this menace, why not kill Uncle Phil or at least put him in big boy timeout and punish all those guys in some way, shape, or form? Take away their titles, do something. Granted, they could lead a revolution. Like you, there are many other options instead of just killing them in the and, middle of the and night. This is where I think the the difference rests in between Alfred and Edward. My sense is that everything Edward has done so far, Alfred would have done up until Phil. I I even think that Alfred would have kept Phil where he was, just like Edward did, until the moment of reckoning, where it was like. These guys took all the bribes, and I know, and he doesn't say it, but it's it's said, I know it was Phil who did it all. And Phil's freaking out, this isn't the way that you do things, yada yada, because he's not getting his way, right? Exactly. The demarcation point between Alfred and Edward is at that moment. Mm-hmm. My sense is that Alfred would have taken Phil and put him, put him right in the gallows. Well, not the gallows, but maybe in prison or whatever. Yet we don't get that reaction from Edward. No. Why is that? Because he's a little boy who is still waiting to have like someone. I don't know. I think it's because a little boy syndrome. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Look what I've done. Man that I kind of have looked up to, but now I'm mad at. But this is an, an actual. I mean, also is his wife's dad. Yeah. So that could probably go badly. Plus he needs his money. Also very true. But as the king, you would imagine that he could just assume. None of that's fleshed out, though, for us as a viewer. And so I don't appreciate that. Why did they die and not Phil? Unless that action is coming down the road. Like at that moment, it's not about. You know, I mean, because now to me, Phil is just going to cause even more chaos because now he's gotten away with it. And it's like, no. Alfred would have been two steps ahead of this. Not Edward's a little boy who is making poor choices. And what he's now just done is let Phil into knowing that he doesn't trust him. And now Phil's just going to go pull even more strings with his piggy bank. Well, let me say this. Artistically, I will say that I can, I can reason my way around not having a reaction to Phil in this very moment, because that very moment is is getting Edward to to fulfill the shadow that you he know just enveloped all the other eldermen. I, no, I know. It's about getting Edward on the throne. My if there isn't a reaction to Phil by next episode, then I'm going to say, "What the hell are we doing?" Okay, right? Because I like the artistic choice. Let's make that. I think emphasis. Edward wants him to see. Look what I still did. <laughs> like I think it's little boy syndrome. Yeah. Um. That's that's all very fair, all very fair. I just wonder. I wonder what's. what's I think coming. Phil's, Phil wants to be a cockroach. He won't be. He wants. He wants to. Here's my guess. Leave. Here's my guess. Edward says, "Phil, take a hike." Like he won't put him in jail. He won't do anything because that's that that's his father-in-law. You know, whatever. Something has to come of this. Something has to. 
my sense is that it's just like, okay, you, you're banished from the, you know, court or whatever. And that then will give us, you know, uh, the, some kind of comeuppance for Edward because Phil will manage to make an army or whatever. Who knows? He's got all the money. Yeah. Right. So that's because we've already seen his influence among the people of Mercia mm-hmm. and the surrounding community, the surrounding countries and communities. Mm-hmm. So like there has to, there has to be something that comes of that. I guess my question to you, Mary, is do you, you may not agree with the application of the process, but do you agree with the logic of the process, which is Edward wants to be king of everything? Yes. And it's based off of, off of the idea that Alfred wanted one single king and Edward finally saw a way to make that happen, even though it went against his sister's wishes. And it went against the the law of Mercia. We finally see a united, you know, front. What is for your the most question part. to me about that? Do you believe in the logic behind the decision? Like, is it fair that Alfred is the king, or should Mercia have its own? Um, should Mercia be allowed to uh, the? elect him as king or allowed to choose whoever they want. So first off, I'm from Rhode Island, one of the original 13 (laughs) colonies of the United States. I don't want to play by anybody else's rules. Let Mercia do what Mercia wants to do. Okay? They've been fine. Stop being greedy, Edward. You're flippant, okay? You just killed all these eldermen. Do you think these people really are going to want you for king when they find out what you just did to all their eldermen who they love, who have taken care of them, and now their beloved queen is dead? And her one dying wish was for her daughter to take over. This country loved her. This country loved the elderman. You're just as bad as guy who has a bird. Whatever. Ethelred. Ethelred. <laughs> just being a bozo. Being like, I want more. You know. Bozo. I, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I disagree with, with Edward in this moment. All he needs is a bird. <laughs> they got an extra one flying around somewhere. Um, what did you think about his his dealings, Edward's dealings with Ethel, uh, Ethelstan, and the whole thing? And- oh, so freaking awkward. Okay, yeah, too little, too late, man. Too little, too late. I'm just excited because one day you're gonna die, and that kid's gonna be king. I know that thanks to the yes. super that happened underneath his name. <laughs> <sighs> but I loved Ethelstan during that. Ethelstan yeah. took a nice. High approach. Uh, that kid is there to learn, mm-hmm. and, and he's going with Uhtred. He ain't going with the king. Like correct. He's like, no, nah, my 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 place is with Uhtred. Correct. And they share they share a really understated scene, by the way, where you see Uhtred in his way, where he's you see that he's gotten older and wiser. I mean, if not in in looks, at least in com- in composure, which is. Ethelstan says, I can't believe that this is happening. You know, how is he going to, you know, how, how does he think he's going to be king of this place? And Uhtred says something to the effect of, I fear that this is the only way that it can happen. You know, it's like this wealth of knowledge is being dropped on Ethelstan Mm -hmm. and it's so subtle and, and perfect in an Uhtred kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, He's basically just saying, I've been around this block many a times, man. Nothing changes That's until true. you take over. That's true. That's true. I just wonder, the only person that the show really still kind of 
whitewashes in terms of his, you know, characterization is Uhtred. He is the straight up hero of this show. There's no, I, so far, I don't see any, except for season one, I don't see any kind of gray area with him. Like he's always going to do the right thing for the most, he may not succeed, but he'll always try to do the right thing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. All right. You got anything else for this episode, my love? <sighs> Goodbye, Ethel Fled. Rest in peace. Yeah, that scene between he, she and Uhtred. Dying in the snow held in the arms of Spectacular. Uhtred. Spectacular. Listen, if you get to choose your own adventure for death. Hey, Maron. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> Such a beautiful scene and the kiss and the whole thing and the years of love shared between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Finally, in the in these last moments, being able to. to Chef's kiss. Yeah, just like couldn't ask for more. Uh, potent mm-hmm. and pertinent denouement for mm. for Ethelfled. Agreed. And uh, the, the the sadness and everything that's that's associated with her death. Mm-hmm. You can think we're going to get more of Edith, or is she done now? I think she'll hang around. Yeah, she, she's got she's got to eat, you know. So she needs a job. <laughs> I don't know what she'll do. I don't think she's going to be common on screen. Yeah. There's there's no. There's nobody for her to hook up with. Um, does she stay Mercia? Does she become Ed- Edward's medicine woman? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think she's going to die. <sighs> I don't know either. All right. Uh, anything else? That is it. All right, I got a theory. Ready? Yes. Here we go. Someone we did not talk about was Edward's wife, Aelfled. Or is it Aelfled? Whatever, yeah. the blonde. Yeah, sure. The wife. She's going to Scotland. And you know, obviously we knew about on this the, pilgrimage. On this pilgrimage. And she's gonna do it against the wishes of Edward. Don't sleep on this trip to Scotland. Don't sleep on it. Something's up. I wanna go on that trip to Scotland. <laughs> Giddy up. I'm telling you, something's coming out of this, and it's something's coming out of this with King Constantine and how Who's West- King Constantine? He's the the uh uh, the the leader of the basically the Western the Eastern Roman Empire, right? Like he's for. But they're all going the, to Scotland. Catholics and the whole thing. I know, but the way that the way that it's posed in the show is by her going there. That means that Wessex oh, okay. is laying claim to Scotland, okay. right? And that's going to be a a problem mm-hmm. with King Constantine, right? Okay, so great. Okay, now I'm understanding. Sorry, don't sleep on this. Something's coming out of this. And I wonder if this... Will they find the stones that take them forward in time, possibly back in time? <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But all I'm going to say is... Yes. So That's what I want to say to that wife. Yeah. I think... Blondie, dinner fash. Dinner fash, kiddo. Uh, something's coming out of this. You know, I don't know if she's ready for a road trip. She doesn't look hardy. And uh, this pilgrim girl, she's she seems like a hearty girl, you know, like she's probably someone who can eat root vegetables raw, mm-hmm. you know, find some onions, just get get by, maybe eat some grass if you need to. And I don't know if Blondie's ready for the harsh environment mm-hmm. of a road trip. There's there's no gas stations to get Cheetos. 
<laughs> Powerade. Or or combos. You know, got you know her carry-on alone is gonna be her hair tools. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, the the combos are an essential road trip food. If you if you're on a road trip, you know I mean, combos, don't like combos, it ain't a road it ain't a road trip. I'm just saying that straight out. That's okay. Uh yeah. So, or do I like combos? No, you do like combos. Okay. I don't like the trumpet things. Uh, no, you don't like those. Those are the, uh, oh, what are those calls? Uh, oh, this, oh. It's okay. We're Whatever. moving on. It doesn't on. matter. Uh, yeah, so don't sleep on this trip. Something's coming out of this. There's going to be either a deal struck in some way or some form, or the wife's going to get captured. Something's coming out of this. Okay. But I'm here for it. That's that. As long as we get to Scotland. Nothing happens before we get to Scotland, okay? I need some Highlands. <laughs> I need some locks. Are right, you ready to close out? Yes. Let's do it. Thank you all so incredibly much for delving into The Last Kingdom with Blake and I. If you have not <laughs> yet left us a written review in iTunes, whether or not you listen to iTunes, maybe you're a YouTube person, maybe you like a different podcast app, just know that there is the app iTunes, and that is where a lot of people find this stuff. And so if you could go there and leave us a sentence or two, letting us letting others know about why you enjoy this podcast, it would mean a lot to us and these future listeners that you don't even know. You could be, you know, trying to convert them to the to the ways of Mary and Blake. Think of all the coughing they can listen to over this past year's worth of, <laughs> of recording. <laughs> Just kidding. But you know what I mean. It it truly makes Blake and my day when we get to go and read those new reviews. Yes, absolutely. So please go ahead if we if we provide any value for you whatsoever, go ahead and, and send a send a review over to Apple Podcasts. And of course, go to join the, join the com, which is a very special place for all the Nerd Clan members, where you get a, a bunch of great, cool, fun swag and extra special content that Mary and I do, and also a great community, uh, which is above and beyond as as we have said uh, earlier in this podcast. Above and beyond the Facebook group that is for free, you want to be there and you want to be able to uh, experience the fun nature of jointhenerdclan.com. You're missing out if you're not there. So that is that, of course. We will be back hopefully relatively soon with another episode. As for now, ladies and gents. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. I'm already down to 83 ounces left. Holy smoke. You did like 15 ounces of water while we were just on this podcast alone. No, honey, that's more. 80, 128 No, you, you sat off at 98. No, I started at 128. Did you really? No, wow. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. I don't play, You did man. like 40 ounces of water. Listen, I need to get better. <laughs> they say drink water. I drink water. I go all in. Yeah. Like when it. it comes to water. Other things, I'm like, meh. Well, if it's a Cuban mojito, you're all in on that, too. <sighs> you know it. I'm in on liquids. What can I say? My name's Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all. Destiny is all.